after Six Out Culture Podcast. Today I'm joined by Danny. Danny, what's up, bro? How about you, bro? I'm very good. I think we're both good after, you know, Napoli and Roma picked up a nice little win. Uh, this podcast for Chad will not be with us because he has some other things he needs to do today, so he's busy. But uh, I think it's best once again he's on this one, you know. It feels like uh, whenever he's on the pod, Yuva takes an L, so maybe he should uh, come back soon <laughs> for an, uh, the next match day, so... But yeah, uh, we got some things to talk about. Some fun things went on. Uh, we had another great match day. Match day two is now in the books. We have the international break coming up. We have the Mercato that closed yesterday. Um, you can still sell players, but you can't buy anyone right now. It closed officially yesterday. So, uh, yeah, we got some exciting things. But I feel like it would be wrong to start anywhere else but the Inter match with uh, Yaquin Correa, who made his uh, debut for Inter. He came off the bench late in the match and. Then I'm sure you were hoping Inter wouldn't, you know, come with a win. Obviously, for Napoli, it's better if yeah. uh, Inter draw or lose. And I felt the same way. I was watching the match, Inter Verona, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Verona can hold them up. They're doing pretty good, and I was impressed. And then Correa came in. I didn't think much of it, to be honest. I was just like, yeah, he came in, gonna get some run, but I don't think he'll really do much. You know, it's kind of hard to contribute a lot when you're new to a team. And he came in, 83rd minute, he scores. I'm like, oh, here we go. It was a really nice goal, too. Um, beautiful header. And I'm like, okay. There it is, Inter 1. It's over. Uh, I, I, I kind of had a feeling, you know, these top teams like Inter and Juve, they always score at the end of the game. So deep down, I felt like it was going to happen. I just didn't think Correa would do it. And then what happens? Right at the end of the match, Correa, beautiful shot right into the bottom corner. A second goal for Correa. And I was just in shock. Like, what a debut for Correa. I believe he was an Inter fan as a kid. I've seen pictures of him in Zanetti when he was a kid at Inter's academy. So he's been an Inter fan his whole life. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure it was a great moment for him. And just, he can be a big piece of Inter's team going forward. Obviously, losing Lukaku is a big deal, but. Correa, I feel like Lazio was kind of held back a bit by Immobile because when you have someone like Immobile who demands, demands the ball as much as him, you're not going to have that many touches. And uh, Correa now at Inter, I feel like Latao isn't someone who demands the ball that much. Jacko, yeah, I guess you can say demands the ball quite a bit. But um, Correa, if he keeps this up, I think he'll be the go-to guy going forward at Inter up top. So uh, a very impressive debut. The whole team played well, you know, not just him. Again, Zach, he really has these guys. Um, I feel like he took what Conte brought to the team, just added his own flair to it. He didn't want to change too much because why would you? You know, they won the Scudetto last year. There's not much to change about the team. He just took what Conte built and then added a little of his own flair to it going forward. And, um, yeah, Inter looked like a really good team. There's two wins now out of two. And I was overall impressed by the team. How about you, Dan? Yeah, no. When I saw they went down uh, early one, uh, early on, uh, off a mistake from say Handanovic and the uh, defense, uh, it was wasn't looking good for Inter. But then Martinez in the second half got them on the board, and then Correa, the super sub, came in for his debut, scored two goals. Anytime you can score your debut, it's a it's a good sign to see. But if you can score two, then that's just incredible. I always thought Correa had quality, and he was a very good player. Because uh, I've seen it with the uh, Argentinian national team, uh, he's got skill, he's got good size to him, uh, he's good with the ball, he's got a good shot, he can finish. It's just that Lazio, he was a little inconsistent at times, but now I think, uh, like you were saying, two ends, I think it, now the style of play, uh, that Inter uh, play, especially now that Inzaghi's there, who coached uh, Carrera last season, um, I think Carrera could have a big season. I think he can. He won't. I personally don't think he'll fill the shoes of Lukaku, uh, what he left because Lukaku's an animal, and you can easily argue that this guy's a top three striker in the world. But I think Carrera will help Inter help a guy like Martinez, uh, reach like finish maybe top two, top three, top, maybe even win the league. Uh, I think he's got that quality. He's gonna be Inter's. Like ver like his uh, the danger man on the Inter him and Martinez could be a great link up uh, pairing. And I think that just the way he played against uh, Verona, if he could continue to play like this throughout the whole season, 
I think Inter, uh, you guys have to be uh, very scared. And a lot of people even uh, wrote them off, saying, oh, they're going to finish seventh, this, that, and that. They got Correa now, who's, I think he can be an impact player. They got Martinez, who I think he can have a good season this year, especially now being the main guy at Inter. They still have Barella in the midfield. The guys are engine. They have uh, the Bastoni, the Vrai, Skriniar in the defense, who are, we can argue that that's probably the best defense in the league. They still got good guys on this team, and you can't take uh, Inter lightly. Yeah, no, Dan, 100%. Uh, you can't take the Miley at all. And, uh, you know, another team that I thought that would do really well uh, is Atalanta. And they played Bologna this past weekend. And, you know, when you look at Atalanta-Bologna, you're like, okay, Atalanta against Torino, they didn't play too well, but they won. But the Bologna match, you know, they're home, first match in Bergamo of the season. You think they're probably going to destroy them, like 4 or 5 nothing. That's what I expected. And as much of the game and, and the time is going on, I'm like, wow. Atalanta really can find the back of the net, really struggling here. And at the end, they didn't. Uh, 0-0 draw. I was shocked by that. Mihalovic's side take nothing away from them. I don't want to say it's luck at all, because they did well defensively. They played a very solid defensive game for 90 minutes. And uh, they did well. There were lots of fouls, which uh, was interesting. I think five of Bologna's starters had a yellow card. Yeah. There's a lot of fouls. Atalanta was shooting and shooting, and I felt like they took a million shots at one point, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Like, but, it was, uh, like, it was yeah. like uh at one point where, like, you just see them just shooting. It, it's like they were at a shooting gallery. It was just, boom, like, shots everywhere. At, like, again, like, Bologna, again, I give them credit. They uh held their ground. They played really well. Midel had a very solid game. Uh, So they tied to Atalanta, who are known for their attack, and holding them to zero goals, you've done something well. And, yeah, Atalanta, I think they had, like, 23 shots or something that game, and they couldn't find the back of the net. But a lot of them were also, like, a lot of them were off target. But, and to give nothing to Atalanta, they played well. Uh, It's just, they got, for me, they got unlucky at the end. They couldn't find the back of the net. Skluski made a few nice saves when uh, called upon. And, uh, yeah, they couldn't find the back of the net. And maybe, who knows, this could be the season where Atalanta could be on the downfall, or this could just be a one-game slump. Like Atalanta usually do, they say they don't play what they don't show up to one game. You get a tie, the next game they'll outscore their opponent like six nothing or something. So we'll see. This could be an interesting uh, year, especially now that uh else starting. Maybe uh, maybe Zapata might have to come back. Well, when Zapata comes back, Muriel will probably be on the bench. But who knows? Maybe Muriel. Starting it, uh, maybe he just stay on the bench. Who knows if he's a capable starter? Yeah, maybe it's just better when people have dead legs at the end of the match. But yeah, uh, he had some nice chances. Muriel, I really like Dominguez. Dominguez from uh, Bologna. Oh yeah, they, he's he's, he's played well. I really liked him. I like the whole team from Bologna. To be honest, they played really well, and they have some nice players on there. It was an interesting match, but you know, you really do expect better from Atalanta. Um, the team, in my opinion, got better than last season. I feel like they upgraded, but uh, yeah, they haven't looked good against Torino. They won, but they didn't. Torino were a better team, in my opinion. Today, I'd say they were the better team for sure, but they weren't able to find the back of the net. And yeah, I think going forward, maybe Atalanta fans might be skeptical, but if you look at the past, I think last season it was too, where they started off pretty rough and then they just came back huge and sort of winning and winning and winning again. Um, yeah, this kind of like Juve in a way, where Juve, you know, sometimes they start off pretty rough and then they come back and they do really well. So yeah, I'm not too worried about Atalanta, honestly, but yeah. these it could be past just, performances weren't great. Yeah, it's probably just a one-game slump. And at the end of the day, against, uh, against Torino, they won. So that's the main thing. Yeah, this won. game, at least they got a point or else, because they could have went the other way. If Bologna were scored, who knows if Atalanta, like, Atalanta could have lost this game too. Like, it at least they got a point from that. Sometimes you just go, you know what, we'll just take the point and get out of here. And regroup. Now they got the international break, so I know there's a lot of players uh, off duty, like they're playing for their nations. But there's some players there that are training, so maybe Gasparini will talk to them and implement what he thinks for these for the next fixture uh, coming up, implement his ideas and uh, work on them uh, throughout this break. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely have some work to do, but... uh 
Yeah, it's still very early in the season. It won't see the best of any team at this moment in the year. It's still lots of time to go. But, uh, you know, speaking of Atalanta and Atalanta football, a team that looked like Atalanta was Lazio against Spezia. 6-1 victory. They dominated them pillar to post. Uh, Immobile had a hat-trick. And, you know, obviously I'm not a big Lazio fan at all. Uh, Roma in and out. But, they you know, you got to give credit sometimes. They played well. They dominated Spezia. Obviously, you can say Spezia aren't the greatest team. You know, they aren't the best team to beat. But, uh, they still beat them. I know for most of the second half, Spets, they were down the men. But, uh, yeah, Lazio, yeah, my voice just gave out there. Sorry about that. But, uh, Lazio with Sadi, they feel like, you know, Sadi's relentless with going forward. And he, one thing Sadi brings to every team that he's managed is creativity and scoring options. He creates a lot of goals for his team, the way he sets them up. Obviously, defensively, Sadi isn't, you know, known as the greatest, uh, manager but when you're scoring six goals who really cares you know uh, unless you concede seven goals and you got real, real problems to worry about I'd uh, probably sell the whole back line but yeah, yeah when you're scoring six goals in the last game they played well as well um, you know Lazio looking good to start off but also you need to look at their competition early on they haven't really played uh, I know a lot of people haven't played great teams to start off the year but uh, especially Lazio playing Empoli and then Spezia, you know, arguably the two of the, you know, worst four or five teams in the league. So, uh, yeah, it's also that. So it's a good warm up for them, but I think you'll see the real Lazio when they play Milan after the break. I think it's a real test for both teams. But, you know, I think uh, Napoli, like Genoa, they play a pretty tough team. Roma, Fiorentina, yeah. that's a tough team. I feel like teams like that, you've seen more out of them and what they had to do, but Spezia and Empoli, I feel like you're, allowed to make some mistakes, and they did. They did make mistakes, you know. They were down, and they came back. So, um, yeah, I don't want to make it look like they're the next Bayern or whatever, but um, Juve, they haven't been tested, and they've still struggled. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's about beating who's in front of you, and they've done that so far, and that's all that matters. They have six points, but, uh, yeah, we'll see going forward what Saudi Lazio can do, but great start for them. Immobile, Camocarnieri already in the lead there. Got a hat-trick. I believe he scored one the first game as well. I think he's on four goals now. I could be wrong, though. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Four goals, I believe, yeah. It's um, it's looking good for Saudi Lazio, but let's see if they can keep it up. What would you think, then? Yeah, no, they just totally dominated. Uh, again, another rough start for Lazio where Verde got the goal for Spezia, so it looked like Spezia were in control. And then just the floodgates open, Lazio scored six goals. You know it was a weird game, and Spezia deserved to lose when they let Husaik score. Husaik only has one goal for Napoli in, I think, 100, I want to say 43 games or something like that for Napoli. He's got one goal and two in two games for Lazio. So, side effect, who knows, or just very poor defensive play because I saw the goal. And I don't know how the def- the Spezia defender let Husay outbody him like that because it, it, it's not like Husay's like it's not like it's Lukaku. It it was a fair battle in my opinion. It looked like a fair battle, and he just got the better of him. But give Husay credit, he scored. Uh, Luis Alberto was prime uh, Pirlo this game. He scored a goal and three assists, so give him a lot of credit. Um, even Felipe Anderson got back on the goal sheet, um, and yeah, it was just a very well, well, good performance from Lazio, uh, putting six past uh, Spezia, especially taking advantage of that red card. Even though the red card happened when it was 4-1 up, tacking on two more goals just to put the salt in the room, get that goal difference going up early. So, uh, very good performance for Lazio. It's going to be now interesting to see what they can do against uh, Milan, like you said, and uh, see what Lazio side show up. Is it going to be the Lazio side that at Spezia 6-1, or is it going to be a different Lazio side where they lose or maybe get a point? Even a point would be big, uh, especially now in these games coming up. Uh, taking a point against top four oppositions are always key in this time. So it's going to be interesting to see what uh, they do. Uh, but give uh, Lazio a lot of credit. They deserve the win, and uh, they impressed a lot of fans in uh, Serie A this, uh, this game. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, speaking about Saudi. His former club Lazio, I mean, not Lazio, his former club Napoli, they played Genoa, of course, and, you know, Genoa is a team that I think, you know, they aren't in the best situation right now, but 
Also, Genoa against Napoli, they always seem to really play up to Napoli standards when they play Napoli. And for some reason, you know, I, I think everyone has that team: Juve, Udinese, uh, Genoa, and Napoli. For yeah. us, I'd say maybe Sassuolo. Usually play like Prime Barca against us. Like there's always a team that really plays up when they play against you. And I think Genoa is that team for Napoli. And I know Dan, you're gonna get into way more detail than I am. Just quick notes that I noticed. Yeah. Um, number one, Fabian Ruiz, fantastic, great goal. Uh, overall. I, I think maybe you'd agree. I don't think Napoli played the best overall, but at the end of the day, it really matters is the win. They got the win. They found a way. And that's your notice so far. I think with Spalletti, you're not going to see Napoli play the same football they played under uh, Sari. Uh, I think Atuso probably does play better football than Spalletti overall. There was a, there was a few best. times, yeah, there was a few times where Napoli looked like they were prime Barcelona or prime uh, Milan. But then there was times where we looked like we were relegation sides that we were just scrapping up for points uh, but yeah it was yeah. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest game but uh, the job was done just say yeah I think the one thing is Spalletti obviously I don't rate him at all as a coach I feel like as the years like as the season goes on he usually starts getting worse with a team I think history shows that but um, one thing he does do well is he finds ways to win games and uh, you know Petania great goal yeah. uh, interesting celebration yeah, but uh, I'll get into that after. <laughs> for, for, yeah, for those of you who want to see it, I don't know if we'll get into too much detail about that, but search it up and you know, quick Google search. I'm pretty sure you'll see what we're talking about. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that we found a way to win, and you know, at this point, it's very important because you know, generally, you may look at Genoa and say, "Oh, it's an easy team to beat, whatever." But Juve tied to Udinese, lost to Empoli, uh, Atalanta tied to Bologna. These small teams you can easily slip up against and lose points. And these are not the games you want to lose points in. So Napoli did a great job to come off a win. But Dan, what did you think? Yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, to start off, we I think we played pretty good, too. Like, in the first half, uh, we played pretty good. We had some chances uh, with Insigne, Politano, Lozano. Interesting for free, regardless to say. Uh, but... Speaking about the match, uh, I think now that if you really think of it, our goal came off when Insigne was on the left side, switched the pitch to uh, Politano, who picked up Fabian Ruiz, and uh, Ruiz, what a shot. What a... When this guy, I said too, like he's always inconsistent for me, uh, but when this guy can play like he can, he's a very good midfielder. Uh, it wasn't his strongest game by any means. He got the goal, but regardless of the goal, he really... Did impress me too much this match, but at the end of the day, we got the W, which is all that matters. Uh, for me, uh, if we have to go back to this front three against Juventus, which most likely we might not, maybe Patania, I think Patania can start the game. Uh, he proved to uh, Napoli where there was transfer rumors that he might have joined Sampdoria right after the match. Uh, Spalletti put him in. He got the goal that uh, we wanted, we needed, actually, because we were tied on one piece, which was very, very poor defending um, by Napoli. Uh, we switched off for one second. Uh, De Lorenzo allowed Cambiasso to cut in to get the goal. Uh, again, poor man marking from De Lorenzo and from Rui too for pushing too late to and not forcing him to cross it in. The the guy had, uh, he had like two hours to cross it and picked up Cambiasso back post and beautiful goal from Genoa. Uh, there was also a goal disallowed from Genoa where Meret went up to claim the ball and he got fouled and the play went on still and uh, Genoa scored. But if you look at the replay, there was a foul and especially nowadays, uh, the referees do uh, protect the goalies more often than they say they were in the past. Uh, so look at the replay, it's a clear foul. Uh, some people looking at it say, oh, it was 50-50. Uh, you, you, you can see why it was given, but you can also see why like it wasn't uh, given the goal. So it was all it's all debate, but at the end of the day, there was contact made with the goalie, and it's a foul. Any slight contact with the goalie, and especially if you're not playing the ball, it looked the guy didn't even make an attempt at the ball. Like I, I can't remember who it was. He didn't make an attempt at the ball, and a foul occurred. Uh, but Marat made some nice saves at the uh, this game, he um, very. I've been very impressed with Moret uh, this season so far. When he was called upon, I think this year could be his uh, year that he enrolls as the uh, starter for Napoli throughout the whole season. Maybe switch off a few times uh, with Ospina because of a cup game or Europa League. Uh, but 
overall, I really like the way that Loboca has been playing. I feel like he's a new player. He, uh, for me, he's been very impressive these last few games, even been very impressive from throughout the preseason. Uh, Koulibaly has been a monster. He was, him and Monolas have been pretty good so far this season. And one player I think Napoli could use a lot more this season, especially now that we kept him. Um, is Unas, uh, the, he came in and then you can jump in if you really want to. And yeah. he was deking out everybody. He looked like he was, like, I'm not trying to say he's messy, obviously, but the way he dri- uh, dribbled past some defenders, he's like, it was like messy. Like, it was like, holy shit, this guy, I knew, always knew he had skill. And I think last season, the loan at Crotone really helped him develop his game, especially develop into this, in the Serie A and the way that they're played. So if he can uh, utilize his dribbling and his uh, speed and his creativity, I feel like he could be a big fixture for us. And he can even start at some good times uh, when Insigne needs a break. Uh, start maybe if Lozano's not fit or Politano. Uh, so it was a very – well, at the end of the day, I was very happy we got the W, especially how late it was. Uh, it's always not – you can never make things easy for me. Uh, but I give credit to uh, Patania who – there's a lot of rumors of him leaving, came into the match, put the rumors in the back of his mind, scored the goal, went ran to Spalletti, and apparently Spalletti said to him, you're not going anywhere. Uh, and I feel like with the rumors end, and that's why he did the celebration that he did, I'm not going to get into it because it's, you guys can look at it if you really want to. Uh, it was a weird celebration we've been doing the last few games. Hopefully it's not a trend. Uh, hmm. But... Um, yeah, no, I give, uh, I give Napoli a lot of credit, I give Spalletti a lot of credit. I'm not the biggest Spalletti fan, but at the end of the day, Napoli got the W, and that's all that matters at the uh, end of the day. Yeah, that was um, a very interesting celebration. Like I said, uh, no, on a, have a quick Google search, you can see what yeah, it was. Yeah, but... it's back-to-back games we've done it. Like, it's like, uh, <laughs> who's coaching, uh, Spalletti or Simeone? Like, it's uh, back-to-back games we've uh, been doing that celebration and hopefully I hopefully it doesn't uh we don't do it again but we'll see soccer players are weird when it comes to celebration sometimes yeah maybe you're working on a training ground that wouldn't uh surprise <laughs> uh, as a manager so who knows okay one two one two. <laughs> <laughs> you put cones running up and down while you're doing it <laughs> but uh yeah no great win by napoli and like i said these games they seem easy on the outside but um it's very easy to lose points against these top teams. And, uh, yeah, speaking about top teams, that's something I hope Roma can become because Mourinho's Roma have been looking very, very good. Uh, before I get in, like, deep into it, well, I can't speak to the deeper into it. Uh, Dan, do you want to say anything before I get into it? Yeah, no, uh, I, again, I couldn't watch, really watch the game because it was not the, it was on, no, the same, no, it was actually, no, it was just, pardon me, it was uh, after. I was just, going out because I had a function to attend. But when I saw a 0-0 at the half and I looked at the stats and I saw that Roma were dominating that first half, it was like, oh, my, like, how the, how did Roma not score? Uh, but, yeah, they parked the bus. Roma goes, screw this, in the second half and just exploded. They got the goal with Pellegrini. And from that moment on, the floodgates opened. Tammy Abraham got on the score sheet. So welcome to the Serie A, uh, Tammy. Congratulations on your first goal. It's always huge when you get your first goal in the Serie A. Uh, there's probably going to be many more to come with that guy because he's, he's a great player, and uh, especially with the talent around him, especially with Zaniolo going to come back the next game. Pellegrini, he's easily one of the best creative midfielders in Serie A. Just the players with Virtu. The guy scores every game, man. The guy's a CDM. He's scoring every game. Yeah, uh, when, Spinoza, when Spinozola comes back, uh, Vino's been doing a good job too. He had a very strong game. Uh, so yeah, just Roma, they're going to be, they're contenders this year, I feel like. And they got to stay consistent because if they can stay consistent, especially under Jose, Jose, sorry, Jose, they, they can win games. Like he's a manager, he can win new games. And I feel like Roma could be a contender this year and you can't take them lightly because they got a great core of players and they got a great manager. So. Yeah, so Roma 2-0, Napoli 2-0. It's going to be an interesting uh, season this year, boys. That's all I got to say. Yeah, 100% will be. And, yeah, like, 
there's something about this team, you know, I say this often with Roma, but this time there is something like, I feel like the mentality and the ability are finally on the same wavelength. For example, like, I feel like last year we did have some quality players, but our mentality is very poor, and I feel like we made too many mistakes, and we still feel like a team at times. This year, I feel like it's kind of like Gattuso's Napoli, where we are just like, it's like a brotherhood. Like, these guys love playing for each other. We're all celebrating when we score. Um, no one's selfish. We're all making an extra pass. Like, Tammy Abraham, easily, this match could have just turned around and shot it. Instead, he made the extra pass and it all panned out. For example, that beautiful Veretuco. Probably, I could be biased, but I think it was the best team goal so far in the Serie A this season. There's like, I think 18 passes before it went in. And they're all like almost all one touch. It was incredible to watch. And Tam Abraham there played a little back heel flick to, I believe it was Mickey, who then played it into better two for a goal. And yeah, stuff like that. Tam Abraham to me is incredible. I didn't expect him to be this good. Uh, two assists and one goal in two games. And obviously you can say it wasn't against the toughest competition, but Fiorentina, I feel like people, as the year go on, they'll see why I'm calling them such a good team. I think they're going to do really well. But, yeah, this match first half, like Dan said, we're dominating. And it was very hard to break their line down because they had 10 guys in the box. I, I literally counted 10 guys inside their box. Like, I've seen parking the bus and, you know, obviously players stand on the edge of the box as well. But I've never seen 10 guys actually inside the box. That was just mind-boggling at some point. Very frustrating. But, you know, I always believed we'd eventually get the goal. It's very hard to defend for 90 minutes inside your own box. Eventually the team's going to break you down. And it happened. Pellegrini made a great run. And I don't know how he squeezed that in with his left foot, but he did. And he has been... I feel like I could talk about Pellegrini for an hour. The improvement this guy's made from two, three years ago to now is incredible. His mentality is completely different. Ever since he got the armband from Jekyll in the middle of last season, he's been a completely different player. And this series leading the team, if he feels like physically he's in the best shape he's ever been in. Um, he's not losing the ball as much as he used to in the attacking third. His scoring abilities improved a lot. And he's just looking like Ozil under Mourinho at Real Madrid right now. Like he's just looking at that level. And maybe I'm over exaggerating, but he's just been incredible. Like I can't get over it. I, if he can keep this up, this guy will win the Ballon d'Or. Obviously he won't. <laughs> Obviously, he won't keep this up because the level he's playing at is incredible. But if he could do this a couple of times this season and then maintain a pretty steady level of play, he can be one of the best mids in the Serie yeah? And I think the Azuri will really need to use Pellegrini. Like this guy, in my opinion, I know I'm biased, I'm a Roma fan, but I think one of the most underrated players, Italian players, there is. He's incredible. And I can't get over it. I can't say enough about him. Better too, like Dan mentioned. This guy's a center defensive mid. And he maybe makes two, three forward runs a game. And usually out of those two, three runs, he scores one goal. He's so good at timing his run and being in the right place. And, yeah, he has three goals in two games at CDM. I think he's second top goal scorer at the moment, which is funny. Last year he scored 12 goals at the CDM. He was our top goal scorer after Mickey. So, uh yeah, the team's looking really good. Ibanez, fantastic. Mancini. Ripatricio, I don't think they got a shot on target that I could remember. Uh, Vigna, very, very good for us. Uh, I didn't know who he was too much, but I heard good things about him from uh, his former club and their fans on Twitter and all that. And he hasn't had a bad game yet. He's been incredible. He's quick. Uh, he gets back on defense. A great passer. He got an assist this match. And yeah, Vigna was a great signing at left back. I, I didn't expect much from him. But um he's a great Spinazzola replacement for now. And when Spina comes back, he'll be good to rotate games with him. Because obviously Spina, we don't want him playing too many games when he comes back. You know, he needs some time to get back into it. And I'm more than confident having Vigna out there on the field. He's a great player, and I'm very happy with him. Uh Carlos Perez came in, and under Mourinho, he looks like a completely different player. He's been great for us. And I think it's the first time where there's not one player... I don't like on this Roma team at the moment. There's not one player. I Usually two, three guys, you know, kind of annoy me. But at the moment, no one. They're all playing great. They're all playing for Mourinho. He's got them together. And 
at the end of the day, we're not trying to win this year. It's not our goal. It's a three-year plan. If we're already like this in year one, then next year we add on maybe another one or two players. If we get Champions League, probably get some more money, add some other players. Mourinho already said he has some names in mind he wants next transfer window. And in the third year, if we keep this group together and add a couple more players, we could be looking at a Scudetto run. And I don't want to speak too soon, but I'm really excited for the future of this team. And the Friedkins, thank you. You saved our club from potentially bankruptcy after Monchi was appointed as sporting director. And since then, we've been looking up. And I'm very pleased with what I've seen for the team. And I'm looking forward to the future. And yeah, great win over Southern Itana. And, you know, speaking of future, Sandro Tonali from Milan. He had a very tough opening year with them. I think it's very fair to say. I don't think I'm crazy saying that. And I don't want to get over, you know, overzealous, you know, uh, just be like, oh, yeah, Sonatonali is the, the next Pirlo, like people are saying. That's ridiculous. He'll never be the next Pirlo. It's two completely different players. He likes to win the ball back more. Pirlo's Pirlo like a pure creator. But Tonali, man, he played well against Samp in that first match. And then once again, he had another strong showing against Cagliari this past weekend. So I think Tonali, he's going to have to step back with the Africa Cup of Nations. Obviously, Milan have some guys departing. And he'll need Tonali to step up. And I think he can be that guy to step up for Milan this upcoming season. He's still young. He still has time to grow into the player everybody wants him to be. Uh, do I think he's a world-class player? We're going to be one. I Honestly, I don't think he will be after seeing him. But I think he can be a good player. Yeah, I think he can be a good player. He's shown some uh, flashes of brilliance. Obviously, that free kick was phenomenal. What a goal. A fantastic goal from Sandro Tonali. I was really impressed. Brahim Diaz is someone I really want to talk about. I think Brahim Diaz is going to be one of the best, or not one of the best players, but maybe best attacking midfielders or midfielders in the Serie A this season. He's incredible. Uh, he's so skillful, quick, intelligent, and good finishing. Obviously, his goal was lucky, but still, I'm not, I'm not even talking about the goal. I'm talking about how he played overall, even last match. Uh, he's just been incredible. And um, if I'm a Milan fan, I'm really buying into Brahim Diaz. I'm like, this guy's the next guy up. He's a great player. And whatever they need to do, keep him starting. You know, don't bench him. Like He needs to be that guy. He's so good. I really enjoy watching Brahim Diaz, and I think Milan got a, a stud in Brahim Diaz going forward. Uh, who else did to talk about? You know, Milan got some nice guys. They're looking great. Giroud got his first goal for the club, which is, uh, well, first two, two goals. For the club. Yeah, he also got a penalty there. So he scores first, and then he got a penalty after, right before the uh, second half. And yeah, Milan got a lot of good studs on their team. Tomori, you know, we already saw him last year, so it's nothing you won't go too much on him, but he's a great defender. And I, do I think Milan will win the Scudetto? No, I don't think they're the Scudetto contenders. I don't think their team is strong enough. But I think if they do keep this core together for a couple of years, I think they can be similar to Roma, Scudetto contenders in two, three years. I think they got a great core and a great future. But then what do you think about uh, Milan Cagliari? Yeah, no, it was a very uh, good performance for uh, Milan. Uh, again, to, Sandro Tonelli, that free kick was unbelievable. Uh and he's been playing good as of late, uh, especially in the likes of, uh, say, Kessie. So who knows if uh, maybe Kessie, when he comes back, if they're going to do Kessie, uh, Tonali in the midfield. They just got Bakayoko, too. So that midfield, especially that CDM role, is pretty deep uh, with some uh, good players. Uh, yeah, but like you were saying, Enz, with Diaz, he's going to be a good player. Uh, I think now, especially that they really think, well, they got Junior Maceas, too. So I think he can go alongside Diaz, too. Uh, uh, but I think Diaz is going to be that Chanoglu replacement that Milan fans have been looking for. Uh, and I feel like this season, he's going to have a very good season. He's shown signs that he can, of quality. And the reason why he's been on the likes of, say, Madrid and uh, and City as well, uh, he's going to be a very good player. I feel like he can be, yeah, you have like you have to start consistent, uh, consistently. Because uh, I feel like if you bench him a few games, say two, three games in a row, then he might lose that form. But he's been playing really well. Uh, it's nice to see Juru scoring. I like Juru. I feel like he's one of the most underage strikers of our time. Uh, he's a very good striker in the end. And it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do if, say, 
Ebra comes back, who are they going to start? If they're going to start Giroud and then have Ebra come off the bench. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, it's too. Milan, they have a very good core players. Simon Kier, guy's a very good defender and a very good person as well. Uh, Tomori is just, he's a rock back there too. Calabria, he's going to be, uh, when he's on and when he's healthy, this guy's easily maybe a top two, top three right back in Italy. Very good right back. Teo, probably the best left back in Italy. We can all agree with that. They got some good players. Uh, they got guys coming back like Kessie, uh, and they got Ibra coming back. They just brought in Bakayoko too, uh, who, well, I see him all my time. He's not the best midfielder I've watched in my life. Uh, at times he looked a little slow, but maybe he like, maybe at Milan, he can, who knows if he can go back to that old form he was before. Uh, when he was a monster in the Milan midfield. Uh, but they got some good core players. And I think, like, you, I agree with the point you made, Ed. Uh I don't think the Scudetto contenders right now. But maybe if they can keep this group of guys, bring in a few players that they need to, like, to upgrade the positions that they need, uh, maybe in a year or two, maybe next year, maybe in two years, uh, I feel like they could be very strong uh, Scudetto uh, contenders. Yeah, well said. And that wraps up our match day two recap. We had some, you know, some great matches, some uh, unexpected oh, results. Oh, actually, no, uh, Juventus. We forgot. Yeah, Juventus I was just gonna say. I was gonna say Juventus, oh, yeah. but I don't forget about that one. Uh, I wish Fetch I was on for uh, yeah. this one. So that's the thing. We usually have him in chat for the whole Juventus segment because uh, who doesn't like listening to him rant about Allegri? But uh, yeah, I completely forgot about Juventus. To be honest, yeah, Juventus Empoli. We got to get into that. Uh, there's so much to talk about when it comes to that, but I feel like Michelle will probably go more into it when he's back, but we'll still talk about it here. Uh, Juve Empoli, my quick thoughts when I was watching it. Uh, going into the match, I think everyone had the same, you know, mindset. Juve is going to wreck this team. They just, you know, they just moved up from Serie B. And Juve are, you know, obviously upset with the Udinese results. They're going to come in motivated to win. Ronaldo's gone. They want to show up the media and say, oh, we don't need Ronaldo. Let's put a dominant victory. I honestly expected like a four or five nothing win here. I thought they like put them into the ground bad. And to be honest, I didn't watch the first 20 minutes because I'm like, yeah, like, come on, like, come on. They're not going to, Ampli's not going to do nothing. What's the point? Like, I know it's going to happen. And I go look at my phone and I see, I think it was like the 18th minute when I check. I'm like, it's still zero zero. I'm like, okay, let me just turn it on. I turn it on and like two or three minutes later, Ampli score. I'm like, oh my, what is going on? What is going on? And then the first thing that pops in my head as well, like Frances is probably losing it right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was probably uh, snapping when that happened. But yeah, Empoli took a lead, but I still am like, mm, they're not gonna win, are they? And time keeps going on, and it keeps going on, and it, it hits the fiftieth, the sixtieth, seventieth, eightieth, and I'm like, okay, you are gonna score at the end here. Like, they're not gonna lose. Like, okay, draw is embarrassing. They're not gonna lose to Empoli. There's no, they're gonna tie it up. And then they didn't, and I was like, wow, they didn't, that's, they're at home, their home opener, against a Serie B side after drawing to Udinese and losing Ronaldo, like, I couldn't think of a more motivated Juve than this, like, they must have been very motivated coming into the game, so I didn't play out the best version of them, and they beat them, and, you know, stuff like this happens, but, I don't know, for a team like Juve, it just, it shouldn't be happening. They lost to Benevento, I think, or Drew last year, something similar result like Yeah, this. I think Drew, yeah. And these, obviously, it's still very early, but at the end of the season, if, let's say, Juve's two or three points behind Inter, it's like, oh, remember that Empoli game? We should have won that. Why did we lose that game? Like, games like this, you're going to regret down the line. So, yeah, I was shocked by that. Performance-wise, I don't, like, I think the Chiesa played extremely well. When doesn't he? Chiesa yeah. played a great game. And other than that, I don't want to say anything else because I feel like everybody else is average. Like, no one no one was terrible, but no one was good. Like, you were the better team, I'd say, obviously. But I thought Chiesa was the only one that really stood out to me and that played really well. That was exceptional. Had some moments. Had one really nice run down the middle of the pitch where he almost scored. It was uh, put wide by the Ampoli keeper. He pushed it he wide. He had a strong game. Riccardo had yeah, a very Riccardo strong football. game. I think he was the main. Re- he was one of the main reasons why Empoli won. He was when he was called upon. He made the saves. He made some key uh, clearances when uh, crosses came in, corners came in, and it was. Yeah. He, he played very well, and I was impressed with the way Empoli played this game. They 
they defended pretty well. Uh, I, Luperto, surprisingly, he I was about to say that. Yeah, game. your boy. He had a very strong game, my boy Luperto. Uh, and uh, one guy I'm also impressed with too. And I was talk, I was saying this to you guys too. I think Samuel Ricci, guys, in a few years, this kid's yeah. gonna be on the. Yeah, he's he's gonna be on a. He's gonna be on a big team. This kid, he he impressed me a lot. And just not. He didn't do nothing special where you say, like, where people are going to talk about him on Twitter, where people are going to go talk about him, like, online. He just does the small things, and he, right, like, the things I look into as a midfielder, especially the way he plays, because he's a more of a holding midfielder, he tucks in, he covers for the defense, he makes sure, say, if one guy, like, the right back pushes up, he'll cover back. He's always looking for the ball, he's always making the right passes. And he's a smart player, too. He's a very smart player, especially at his age. I think he's 19 years old uh, coming into the Serie A, his second game in the Serie A. Uh, and he's he's going to be a good player. And this kid, I feel like he's going to be on a big team in a few years. And he's definitely one to look out for. And I feel like if Empoli do have the power to stay up, uh, who knows if they do. I, mean, I think they could, especially with this result. Who knows if Empoli could ride on the high. I feel like he can be one of the main reasons why they do. And he's that's how good I think he's gonna be. Yeah, he was incredible. Uh, when it comes to Juve, I don't think there's like what else is there to say? The Mercato's closed, so we can't talk about upgrades. Uh, Locatelli's still getting into the system; it's still work to do. But it's, uh, it's always Juve at the end of the day. They, yeah, it's it's Juve. They started like this uh, one year on the like they like they had like what like ten points in like yeah, ten games bad. or something like that. Yeah, like, they started bad, very bad, and then they go on a twenty game winning streak, and they win the Scudetto. So, yeah, you can't count them out at all. Can't count them out at all. But as of right now, it's not looking good for, especially what Allegri has rumored. Right? This is according to Franchette, what he said about Chesney being a top four keeper in the world. He's made two mistakes. Uh, I like our group of players. Again, this game, they, with all Ronaldo, it, it's like, yeah, the new era of all Ronaldo, it's started. This is not a good start for that because they really didn't look too good. I think Chiesa was their only player that threatened to do anything, and then Allegri takes him off for Bernadeschi, I believe. So it was just a weird substitution, that one, because I feel like Chiesa, he's the main guy now, and he's going to – him and Dybala have to be the main guys, and anytime you take one of those two guys off, then you're just I think it's away, that like, uh, fitness, uh, you think? I believe it might yeah, be fitness. fitness, too. Yeah, I think Chiesa's struggling with his fitness. I, I've been seeing it a lot, like – a lot of reports. I think Demarza mentioned the two ones. Okay. He's been uh, struggling with his fitness a lot early this season. I think like the first three games has really been. I think like the game against Atalanta, the preseason one, and then the past two Serie A games, he's been struggling with uh, his fitness. But hopefully, you know, Diazuri can uh, pick up his fitness. Can we need him on Thursday? Well, yeah. actually, uh, against Bulgaria, we I don't say we need him, but against Switzerland, I think we can definitely use uh, Chiesa. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited for. Just this season, man. There's so many things going on. Juve struggling early. Milan having a nice young core. Roma, nice young core. Sadi's Lazio, Napoli's, and Spalletti, the new partnership with De Laurentiis there. Spalletti, Spalletti and De Laurentiis is probably the funniest partnership I've ever seen in a while because uh, just they're so, they're so similar and they're so different. It's yeah, that's what funny. I was just going to say. They're so similar and like different. And yeah, uh, I, I just hope they get along because it's like, if there's trouble between them, then it's gonna be trouble with the team. I just want, I want the season to, I want our, our players to decide the season, our our tactics, our and our players to decide. No bullshit behind the scenes like there was a few years ago. Yeah, it's just it's a very interesting set, yeah. And um, I don't, if I'm a Juve fan, I wouldn't worry. It's still early, but at the same time, I would worry because I think as a team they play better for Ronaldo. But the one thing Ronaldo does bring is that. He scores goals. Like if you're at the end of the game, you need a goal. Ronaldo's your guy. He will like he'll jump over five guys and header. Like now they don't. He's like their bailout option. They don't have a bailout anymore. Dybala's a great player. Kez is a great player. They they have a bunch of great players, but they don't have a bailout option. And another thing, I feel like that year when they had the ten points or whatever it was in the first ten games, their midfield was class back then. And midfield, in my opinion, is the most important area of the pitch to control the game. And this midfield you have right now is, I'm being honest, it's trash. It's terrible. They don't look like a group. It feels, it feels like it's three individuals in the midfield, not a midfield. It's just like three guys in there. 
and just they got work to do and we'll see what happens but I wouldn't be too worried if I'm a Juve fan and now that's the end of match day too almost forgot about that uh, Juve game thanks Dan for uh, reminding me but uh, I think uh, I think the Juve fans won't forget about that game too yeah I'm sure when I was closing out the match day too they're probably saying yes yes we don't have to hear about it and then uh, we had to talk about it but, oh, don't uh, worry, Fred Chair, if Fred Chair was on the podcast, uh, you, oh. guys probably, you guys would probably have to skip an hour just to hear us talk about the next segment. <laughs> yeah, next week will be all Azuri talk, but I'm sure Fred Chair will throw in some Juve. Cause I'm yeah, sure he'll back find a way week. to like talk about, like compare Allegri to Mancini or something like that. Yeah, he's been he's been off the grid ever since that Udinese game, and he came back yesterday for the first time we saw him. So, uh, yeah, he's been struggling with his uh, Juve early on in the year, but... Yeah, I'm sure you guys are excited to hear from him, and hopefully it's soon. But to end off the pod, just a quick little thing, a little fun uh, question for you, Dan. Who won the Mercato, in your opinion? The Mercato is now closed. No more incoming transfers. It's all done. It's all set in stone. Who do you think won the Mercato? I have maybe two or three teams I'm thinking of, but you can start off if you want. Two or three teams? Okay. For me, I believe, I want to say, you know what? It's going to be off the grid. I think Roma had a very strong Mercato. Yeah, I uh, agree. For me, Roma had a strong Mercato. And you're going to laugh at I think Fiorentina had a very strong Mercato, too. They brought in the likes of Gonzalez. They got Torreira. So now their midfield is pretty good. Their attack is very good. Uh, defensively, they're still there. But they kept uh, Milinkovic, which was a huge uh, question mark heading into the season, if he was going to leave or not. I think they have a strong Mercato. Atalanta has a strong Mercato. And, yeah, those are the three teams. And you know what? I'll give I'll give this to... I think Inter has a pretty strong Mercato for what they brought in, especially what they lost. Yeah. They lost Lukaku and they lost Hakimi. Uh, but, and all, they also lost Conte. But bringing in Correa, I feel like he's going to be a factor. Dumfries, uh, we'll see what he can do. He has very strong heroes. So let's see how he can implement that to the Serie A. They stoke have their defense. They still have their midfield. And I feel like they still have Martinez, who was also linked to potentially leave this summer, too. So they kept those guys. And uh, those are the three teams, I think, that they uh, won the Mercato in Syria. I would have put in Napoli because we did just get a defensive midfielder who is proje- who is expected to be very like pretty good for us. But we didn't upgrade that left-back position. That's why that's the only factor that kept me out of... Uh, not playing Napoli and winning, or else I would have had them if we got a left back as well. Yeah, for me, I think our list is pretty similar. Uh, number one, I said Roma. I feel like um, we signed four players, which isn't a lot, maybe. Some people might say, but I think there are four very good players. Like Rui Patricio, he starts for Portugal. He's a top quality keeper, and he's been great for us. Vinha, I'm shocked. I, I really didn't know who he was until we were linked to him, and I saw him in Copa America for Uruguay, but I didn't pay too much attention to him. But I remember my dad saying, oh, this guy's pretty good. This guy on the left back. But he was even linked to Roma at the time. But yeah, Vini has been very good for us. Abraham, it's I know it's very early, but two assists and a goal in two games. He's looking incredible. Uh, like I, oof, uh, He's probably one of the most enjoyable Roma players I've gone to watch in recent memory. It's only been two games in Serie A, four if you include the Conference League. Well, three. He played three conference league games, and then also Shamurudov. Um, I, I've known of him. It wasn't like a like a, a nobody. Like I knew who he was. I've seen him for Genoa. I've seen him score. I think at the last at the end of last year, he scored like six goals in the last eight games for Genoa or something like that. Like he started yeah, starting he was, he, and he was, he was blowing up. Yeah, he was on a tear, and I can see why. This guy's six foot three, but quick and skillful, and a shot, very good finishing, good passer. Like he's a very good player, and I'm shocked we. We spent twenty million on him. Like I oh, might be a little too much. Not really proven, but that's worth every penny. This guy's been great for us. I'm really happy with Roma's Mercato. Uh, also, Fiorentina, like you mentioned, Dan uh, Gonzalez, great player. Torreira on loan. They um, kept. Think, uh, they kept Amrabat too. Like the, he and yeah, Amrabat. Even I think a low-key sign uh, Nastasic, the center back from yes. Schalke. I think he's actually a decent player to have on a team. Especially uh, now with, like, say, like, with uh, Pizella going to Real Betis, who, he was pretty good for Fiorentina. He wasn't the worst, but he wasn't, work, like, he wasn't the best. But he was a good partner, and I think uh, bringing in uh, Nastasic Teach, 
I got to learn how to say that name properly. Say that, that 10 times fast. Uh, especially with the pairing of Milinkovic. Um, it could be a good, decent pairing because Milinkovic, he's a very strong defender. He's a very good defender. And they kept Dragoski too, uh, who's can prove that he can be a, a very strong uh, keeper in this league. Yeah. And also, Odriozola, I think he's a great pickup. I'm yeah, that right back. Odriozola's uh, uh, good. I think Fiorentina had the second best Mercato. You can argue they had a better one than Roma in some cases. But I feel like uh, Fiorentina needed more signings than us because they didn't obviously have the base that we have. But, uh, yeah, I think they had a great Mercato. And third, I actually put Milan. I thought Milan had a really good Mercato uh, finalizing the deal for Tomori. Uh, Mike Mannion has been very good for them. Uh, bringing back Brahim Diaz, uh, Giroud, who I think Ibra will start. I can't see Ibra accepting a bench role, but Giroud off the bench, yeah. the experience he has, the great signing. Uh, Junior Messias, I think he's, I think I brought yeah. him up like five times last year in the pods. I really oh, like yeah. watching him. You know what? Let me change, yes, yeah, let me just change that. I'm gonna put, I'll put Milan, AC Milan, over it. I just realized how many players they just signed and yeah, like how many good the, players they signed. The See, they, they also signed, uh, they signed Messias. They signed that kid, uh, Triore, too, from, um, Parma, who's a 16 year old. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got, like they say, he could be a good player down the line. But yeah, they made, they had a very good signing, a uh, very good Mercato. They brought Bakayoko, again, may not be the best player, but still a body to have. So they're yeah. building for Champions League and, um, also the league. Yeah, they made some nice signings and some good signing for depth because obviously, you know, the, Africa Cup of Nations is coming up, so uh, they got some guys ready to fill in for the guys who have to go. So, yeah, those are my three. Those are Dan's three in the same top three. And, uh, yeah, that wraps up the pod. Great match day two. Markets closed, and now it's Azuri time, the Euro 2020 champions. Feels great to say it. Yeah. Uh, they're back. We're going to be playing Bulgaria on Thursday, and we'll be back next week recapping the matches. Uh, Switzerland on Sunday as well. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm happy that Zuri are back. Saniola makes a return to the national team. And we'll see how everyone does and how it all plays out. And hopefully we can uh, beat the record, I think, for most games unbeaten. I think we have to beat Bulgaria and then to tie it and then beat Switzerland to be alone the longest unbeaten run. So hopefully we can do that. Hopefully the boys get the job done. And I'm looking forward to watching Zuri play tomorrow. So... Thanks for listening. If you want to follow us, we got our Instagram account back. Finally, we're so thankful Thank we got it back. It's been a very long process. Um, yeah, the other six side, the backup account, I hope we never have to use it again. Uh, so yeah, go follow us on our social media at six side cultural, like it's spelled on the, here on the podcast name, exact same way on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, follow us for our content. If you want to send us a DM about something about the podcast we said or anything or or even our emails in the bio for both our Twitter and Instagram. Anything you want to interact, let us know. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Ciao. Ciao, guys.